Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast aimed at intermediate to advanced level English learners. Brexit. I'm sure you must have heard about Brexit at some point in the last four years. And the UK finally left the EU on January 1st, 2021. I often get asked about Brexit by English students and foreign friends. And one of the biggest challenges people face is the vocabulary. So on this episode, I will introduce some of the key vocabulary that could help you understand and read about Brexit. But first, why not follow the Thinking in English Instagram page? Thinking in English podcast or link is in the description. It's full of great vocabulary, pronunciation and grammar content. And you definitely should look at our blog, thinkinginenglish.blog, for all transcripts and bonus content. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on our blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Departure. Departure. Departure is the act of leaving somewhere or an occasion when this happens. For example, our departure was delayed because of bad weather. Union. Union. Union is the act or the state of being joined together. For example, the debate on European political and monetary union continues. To coin. To coin. To coin is to invent a new word or expression or to use one in a particular way for the first time. Allen Ginsberg, for instance, coined the term flower power. Divisive. Divisive. Used to describe something that causes great and sometimes unfriendly disagreement within a group of people. The Vietnam War was an extremely divisive issue in the US. To trigger. To trigger. To trigger something is to cause something to start. For example, some people find that certain foods trigger their headaches. To reach. To reach. To reach something is to achieve something after careful thought or discussion. For example, after hours of discussion, the committee finally reached a decision. Tariff. Tariff. A tariff is a charge for services or on goods entering a country. For instance, the US has imposed new tariffs on chocolate from Brazil. Regulation. Regulation. 
a regulation is an official rule or the act of controlling something. New safety regulations have been brought in. And finally, contention. Contention. Contention is the disagreement that results from opposing arguments. For example, there's a lot of contention about Brexit. For every person firmly in favour, there's someone fiercely against it. As we enter 2021, we are also entering a new period of history for the UK. From the 1st of January, the UK has completed its departure from the European Union. Although we technically left 11 months ago, the agreement covering the UK's departure only lasted until the end of 2020. It has been four years since the UK voted for Brexit, although it feels a lot longer. In that time, the UK has had two general elections, three different prime ministers, and thousands of arguments about what life without the EU should be like. Whatever country you are in, you probably heard about the UK leaving the EU. It has been an incredibly complicated situation, but if you are someone interested in living or working in the UK, it is something you probably should learn more about. Even if you don't plan to visit the UK anytime soon, it is actually an interesting topic to read about or study. Even after four years, Brexit is still a topic people get very passionate about on both sides of the argument. Still now, I have friends, Facebook friends, with EU flags on their Facebook profile pictures. So, it is important to be cautious and careful when you bring up this topic in conversation with British people. Therefore, I am going to give you a short Brexit dictionary full of some of the key terms and main vocabulary used when talking about Brexit. Hopefully these terms will make understanding and reading about Brexit much easier. And maybe will even help you talking about economics and other topics. European Union Let's start off with a few of the simplest but most important pieces of vocabulary. Without the European Union, or EU for short, there would be no Brexit. The EU is an economic and political union of 27 European countries. It operates a single market. This might sound confusing, but it basically means that people, goods, money, investments, companies, services, and much more are allowed to move freely between all member countries. I'll talk more about this later on. A Spanish company can sell its products in Ireland with no extra restrictions, or an Italian student can study in Germany without a visa. Most people know this about the EU, but there are some things that people are normally unaware of. 
For instance, the EU was originally set up to prevent Germany and France from going to war again, which they had done many, many times in the past. The EU was originally known as the European Coal and Steel Community, and the UK joined in 1973. In addition, not all European countries are members of the EU. Apart from the UK, of course, Switzerland, Iceland and Norway are examples of non-EU members. Brexit Brexit is a combination of the word Britain and exit. It is short for Britain exiting the European Union. The word is now commonly used by newspapers, TV shows and even in other languages. The term Brexit was inspired by Grexit, which was used in 2012 to talk about the potential for Greece to leave the Eurozone. Brexit has also inspired other words. A popular example in 2020 was Megxit, which referred to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry leaving the British royal family. Ignoring the meaning of Brexit itself, it is actually an interesting type of word that you should be aware of anyway. It is what's called a portmanteau. A portmanteau is a blend of words in which parts of multiple words are combined into a new word, as in smog, which is coined by blending smoke and fog, smoke, fog, smog, or motel, which is from motor and hotel, motor, hotel, motel. Brexit, Britain exit, Brexit. Can you think of any other portmanteaus? EU referendum. I might have talked about referendums in an earlier episode, but just in case, I'll explain again here. A referendum is a vote on a particular proposal and can have nationwide or local forms. Some countries use referendums to understand their citizens' beliefs on a certain, often very important or divisive issue. In 2014, Scotland held a referendum to decide whether they would stay part of the UK. They voted to stay. The EU referendum was a national vote in the UK held on the 23rd of June 2016 to decide whether the UK should leave or remain in the European Union. The Leave campaign won by 52% to 48% of the vote. So now let's look at some of the more specific and technical terms often used when talking about Brexit. Article 50. Article 50 is part of an EU treaty that explains how a member country can leave the EU. Prime Minister Theresa May triggered Article 50 in 2017 and therefore started the formal, formal process of the UK leaving the EU. However, it was not an instant departure. 
From being triggered in March 2017, the UK didn't leave the EU until January 2020 and wasn't completely outside of EU commitments until 2021. This article would also be used if another country decides to leave in the future. No deal. No deal is one of the most common terms in the British media over the last four years, especially because the meaning has changed during this time. No deal originally meant the UK leaving the EU without agreeing anything about the terms on which that was going to happen. No deal referred to the possibility that the UK would leave without deciding on their relationship with the EU. The UK and EU eventually signed a withdrawal agreement which covered how much money the UK would pay the EU, details on the transition period, citizens' rights, and the arrangements to keep the border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland as open as possible. However, since a withdrawal agreement was finally reached, the meaning of no deal changed. Instead, it referred to the UK getting to the end of 2020, so only a few weeks ago, without agreeing a deal on its future trading relationship with the EU. When the UK voted to leave the EU, there was no option to vote for what kind of relationship to have afterwards. Did the UK want to have a close relationship with the EU, like Norway? Or a relationship like Canada? Or no relationship at all? At the last minute, a deal was reached and no deal was avoided. Transition period The transition period was the time between the UK leaving the EU in January 2020 and the end of the year, on the 31st of December 2020. During that time period, everything stayed the same so the UK and EU could negotiate their future relationship. The transition period ended last week. Four freedoms. The EU is built on the idea of four freedoms. These freedoms are the free movement of goods, capital, services and people in the EU single market. As an EU member, you are free to travel, work, start businesses, move money, sell and buy products and trade without restrictions or with the same restrictions as every other EU citizen or member within the EU. Much of the recent Brexit language has been connected to trade, so I think it's important to briefly describe some trade terms. However, check out episode 22 if you want some more detailed discussions about economics and trade. Free Trade Agreement A free trade agreement is a deal between countries to reduce or even sometimes eliminate trade barriers or restrictions. Barriers and restrictions could include import taxes and tariffs, quotas, which are limits on the amount of things that might be imported, and differing regulations on things such as safety or hygiene or labelling. Single market. The single market is a system that enables goods, services, people and money to move freely between all 27 EU member states 
as well as Iceland, Norway, Liechtenstein, and Switzerland. Countries in the single market also have many common rules and standards. The single market goes beyond a free trade agreement, because as well as eliminating tariffs, quotas, and taxes on trade, it also includes those four freedoms I mentioned earlier. There are also EU-wide regulations covering numerous industries and products, such as food quality, health and safety, and working hours. It is an attempt to make a level playing field, this will be explained later, and does not happen in a normal free trade agreement. However, the single market is one of the reasons people dislike the EU. It is difficult, if not impossible, to control immigration in the single market. You have to pay towards the EU budget, and rich countries like the UK have to pay more, and you have to accept the power of the European Court of Justice, which can sometimes disagree with your own country's law. The UK is no longer in the single market. Customs Union The EU is not just a single market, they also have what is known as a customs union. You have probably heard the term customs if you have ever travelled abroad. When you travel, you need to write a customs declaration if you are bringing expensive goods. Sometimes you might be charged extra money if you bring too much of an item, or too expensive an item. For instance, I like whiskey, but I was only allowed to bring one tariff-free bottle of whiskey into the UK from Japan. If I had brought two bottles here, I would have been charged extra. This is not a problem in the EU, because they have a customs union. It is an agreement not to charge taxes or tariffs on things coming from other EU countries, and to charge the same tariffs as each other on things coming from outside the EU. Turkey is an example of a country not in the EU, but one that is in the customs union. However, Turkey is not in the single market. The UK is also no longer in the customs union, as well as no longer in the single market. WTO rules. If countries don't have free trade agreements, they usually have to trade with each other under rules set by the World Trade Organization. Each country sets tariffs or taxes on goods entering. For example, non-EU cars entering the EU are charged a 10% tax, while some foods are taxed over 40%. Under WTO rules, if the UK chose to put no tariffs on goods from the EU, it must also have had no tariffs on goods from every WTO member. It would need a trade agreement with the EU to offer different terms. And this is why there was so much pressure last week on the UK and the EU to sign a deal. Because UK trade and EU trade is incredibly important for both sides. Fishing rights. What does fishing have to do with Brexit? Well, it turns out a lot. In fact, fishing is one of the major areas of contention 
between the UK and the EU. As an island country, the UK has traditionally owned a large amount of water, as well as the right to fish there. During Brexit negotiations, the UK sought to regain control of its waters instead of allowing EU fishermen equal access, while the EU sought to make sure that their fishermen could continue working in UK territory. Fishing is actually a major issue in other parts of the world, not just Europe. For example, the South China Sea and in Southeast Asia, fishing disputes are one of the major contentions there as well. Level Playing Field The level playing field is a set of rules that EU countries need to follow. The rules cover issues including workers' rights, aid and business competition. The rules are designed so that no EU country has an unfair advantage over another. Essentially, a country cannot give um, companies from its own country special help or introduce special taxation to undercut another member. One of the major debates in the Brexit negotiations was about the level playing field. The EU in particular was worried the UK would reduce corporation taxes or provide subsidies to UK businesses. Schengen Area The Schengen area is made up of 26 European states that have removed passport controls at their borders so people can travel freely. I travelled to Belgium by bus a few years ago, and there was no sign of the border between France and Belgium. No border guards, passport patrols or anything. This is because of the Schengen area. Some European Union members are not in the Schengen area, while some countries that are not members of the EU, like Norway and Iceland, are in the Schengen area. The UK has never been in the Schengen area, so Brexit isn't changing that too much. Finally, I want to introduce two slang terms used to describe supporters and opponents of Brexit. Remoners and Brexiteers. A remoner is a derogatory, so not a very nice, term meaning a person who complains about Britain leaving the European Union and the outcome of the Brexit referendum. It is actually another portmanteau, like the ones I mentioned earlier, made from the words remain and moan. To moan means to complain about something you don't like but can't change. On the other hand, a Brexiteer is short for those who are in favour of Brexit. If you ever go onto UK-based social media, you will find often arguments between remoners and Brexiteers. So here is today's final thought. This episode has had a lot of new vocabulary, and you might think it has come too late. The UK has now left the EU, right? Well, that doesn't mean it will stop being a news story. There will be reviews and assessments made over the next few years. Books will be written, and maybe even TV shows and documentaries made about Brexit. If the UK is actually successful, then maybe other EU members might also look to exit. If we see a French Frexit, Italian Italieve, 
or Portuguese de Portugal. This vocabulary might come in useful. So I, I'm not saying any of these countries will leave the EU, but I like the portmanteaus I found on the internet. Frexit, Italyve, and de Portugal. However, countries like Poland and Hungary have governments that do not seem to respect all of the freedoms EU members should respect. So there is a chance that more countries could leave in the future. At the same time, there is a chance that in our lifetimes, the UK could try to rejoin or negotiate a new relationship. Who knows? Other parts of the world might even try to start their own agreements and trade relationships. So these terms are useful in those contexts too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thinking in English. Share with your friends, check out our social media links in the description, and send us a message. I really appreciate all of your feedback. And if you have any ideas for topics, future podcast guests, or other learning formats, please let me know. And please leave me a rating. We're now on Instagram. I'm producing daily content focusing on improving your vocabulary, so make sure you check out the Thinking in English page. Thinking in English podcast on Instagram, or the link is in the description. And Instagram is also probably the best way to contact me. All transcripts of the podcast are now available on the Thinking in English blog. Vocabulary lists, comprehension questions, and articles are all there for you to read. The link is also in the description, so please check it out. Thank you, and see you next time.